All right, all right, all right, all right. Here we go. Here we go, here we go. I am back, I am back. Welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. I am recording this on August 2nd. It is the day after the Pacers returned to action. Um, We are back. If you're not aware, wake up. The NBA season is back on. And there is life, folks. There is life. There There are new things happening. And we are back. Um, I will definitely get into the game last night against the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, it's been a little crazy, right? Like, it's been a little crazy. Um, I, the last time I recorded an episode, I know it was in, I think it was in February. Um, It was definitely, I haven't recorded an episode since the NBA season was shut down. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy when you're living in today's world and you're just used to the fact that like, oh yeah, you know, like restaurants aren't, aren't going to be able to be open or like when you go to Jimmy John's and you get like a sandwich, um, like, you know, uh, the person that's going to be in the window is going to have a mask on and, uh, you're going to, you're going to be wearing a mask at work or whatever, you know, it's just, you know, I, I do swear on this. So it's like, it's just fucking weird out here. You know, it's fucking weird. Um, it's been weird. It's just weird. It's a weird time, I think, for everybody that's alive right now. Uh, but the, it's that's I think you know. There's light at the end of the tunnel. I, I believe that that this is uh, this is all going to be okay. Um, at least that's what I tell myself. And I don't know. The NBA's back. We're back. It got shut down on March 11th. Um, the Pacers were, I think they were just hitting their stride because Oladipo was back. He had played 13 games, uh, before the shutdown. I think Miles Turner was, uh, honestly, he was playing his best basketball that I've watched and I've only watched, I've only been a true Pacer fan now for maybe three years. It was the year that Vic came. So whatever that is, um, I thought Miles was playing really well. We had Domas as an all-star, having his career year. We had TJ Warren, um, you know, probably having his best career year. I mean, he's still he's putting up similar points. For the Pacers, he's putting up similar points to as he was uh, with Phoenix, but he was on a winning team. And so those are more meaningful points. Um what else? I don't know. I mean, we it was we were having like a really good year, right? I mean, Vic, Vic was coming off of his injury. He struggled. The Pacers struggled when he came back. Uh, but then by the end of it, you know, the last game that the Pacers played against Boston, it was like old Oladipo. I think he ended up with like 27 points. He was bombing threes. Um, he led like a ferocious comeback for the Pacers. Who almost beat? I mean, so Boston got the win, uh, but they were up big, and and Oladipo led like a fourth quarter comeback, um, and it was kind of like old time Vic, and then it was like, bam, it's off, it's over, 
Stop fucking thinking. Oops, sorry. That was a hard <laughs> Way too hard. As it's like, stop thinking about that. Um, apologies. Sorry about that. What I was, what I was basically getting at is like, Vic is back. He was back. Like, like when this whole thing ended, he, that was a great game. Like after that Boston game, you're like, oh shit. This is what it's all about. So Vic looks great, you know? I mean, he looks great as soon as uh, the season ends. Um, and then it's like, now I'm thinking about Victor and the last couple weeks have been a little weird. It's been a little weird. I'd like to believe that it's all just like nothing. Uh, but, you know, Oladipo comes out and he says, um, you know, I'm not going to be playing in the restart. And it's tough. It's tough because he was playing before. Um, but then I started thinking about it and I, I, you know, it was like, I think the reason that he was saying it, it was because he was like, I don't think I'm going to have enough time to get back into NBA game shape. And um, because of the, because of the short, like preseason type stuff that they did to start this, because he was thinking, I'm going to Orlando and then it's like right away, we're going to like maybe be playing games or, or whatever. And I guess it's kind of like, I, 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 in my head, I was like, all right, I, I, I trust what Vic's saying, you know, like I trust that he doesn't want to, he's not, he's saying he's not going to play because he doesn't want to set the expectation that he will, because probably at the time that he said that he didn't feel like he was in five on five NBA shape. Like he, I don't know if they were scrimmaging at that time and stuff, but then it was shortly after, you know, maybe like uh, 10, 12, 14 days since he said that, or since it was reported. And, you know, he's, so he goes through this guy, Sh Sham Sararia. <laughs> I don't know what his name is. Something like that. <laughs> Chams Terraria. <laughs> I don't know what his name is. But anyways, he's kind of like a Woj. Woj is like this guy who, when you're watching the NBA draft, he's tweeting the results of the pick that, is about to be announced. So you're like, what? <laughs> it doesn't make it as fun to watch the draft. But uh, anyways, it's kind of, I think it's, a, I think it's a little weird that Vic goes through that, but obviously I don't know shit. So it's, or, you know, I don't mind. It's not that he has this guy tweet the information, but the thing that I think it's a little weird is just because it's like that, like he, the organization maybe doesn't know what Vic is going to do. Or I don't know, you know, I, I, I honestly, I, I don't know, but um, I guess the, the, what, I'm, what I'm getting at here is I, I believe that it made sense for Vic to come out from the start saying that, setting the expectation that he wasn't going to play because he didn't know if he was going to feel comfortable. He's got, um, he's on, he's got one year left and then he's going to be a free agent. And it's like, I get it, man. You don't want to mess shit up. Uh, when you're about to get paid, super paid, especially when you're, I mean, if you're a guy like Oladipo, he, I mean, from my perspective, he seems like someone who uh, welcomes the fact that he's a, he's a, he's an alpha in a sense, kind of like, yeah, I'm the guy, I'm the guy. And I think that's great. 
I want him to be a pacer and do that. Like, I think it's great. Uh, but I get, so I guess I was understanding of why he said he wasn't going to play. Uh, but then he decides, you know, he's like, he gets to Orlando and he's like, I'm going to, or he says, I'm going to play. But it was like, there was news that the NBA was saying that he wasn't going to get, wasn't going to get paid the $3 million uh, that he was due if he doesn't play because technically he wasn't injured or something like along those lines. So that news comes out and then we find out, or, you know, and then it's like Old Depot says, um, or he's like, I might, I'm probable to play uh, through Sham Sharadia. And I, I, I want to be like, I don't want to think it's about the money. I don't, I, cause I don't, I, I don't know, but I guess that's the thing. It's like, it could be about the money or, or it could be the fact that Oladipo has been in the bubble now for 10 days or whatever at that point. And was like, yeah, you know what? I've been going up and down the court five on five. I, I, I'm feeling more confident. I feel safe. I feel, um, I feel like I'm back to where I was maybe when the season ended, I'm up to, got up to, got up to shape a little bit quicker than maybe he expected. Who knows? Who knows? But maybe he maybe he felt good, and then he was like, "All right, I'm ready to play." And it doesn't matter about the three million, like, the th like he just like to me because I'm like, man, he's making a decision because he's trying to make like over a hundred million on his next contract. Like, if you're betting on yourself to make that much money, like, why would you come back and play just for three million? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know three million is a shit ton of money. I'll probably never make that much money, but I find it hard to believe that like money was his motivation in coming back. If I believe in Oladipo as the, the guy, if he's the guy, if he's the guy that the Pacers are going to have to win a championship, then of course he, of course this is the reason why he made his decision. Of course, it, of course it can't be, it can't be because of money. I mean, but maybe he's maybe he is kind of what I feel like the media says, which is kind of like more along the lines of like, oh, you know, Old Depot wants to bounce. He's got this place in Miami. Oh, Old Depot might want to go to New York to pursue his music career or whatever. And it's like, all right, maybe that's true. I don't know. And if I mean, if it is, then I guess that's what it is. Like, if he doesn't want to be on the Pacers team, then it's like, hopefully, we trade him. You know, trade him and get something decent return uh i mean because i honestly you know and this is i guess this is exact i this feels good Whew, this is this feels good to talk about this kind of stuff it's like i want oladipo to be the guy on the pacers like i want him to be the guy um so i hope that this is all good i mean but if he doesn't want to be on the pacers team like if he would rather be somewhere else um then like, I'm fine with that too. But it's like, I, I would just like, it's like, all right, well, let's just know that so that we can maybe make a, like, what's the best decision that we have here? Because even, I mean, if Oladipo doesn't want to be here, but we could get some type of return in the way that we got like the return on, on Paul George, we get a return like that on Oladipo. And I know this is blasphemous. If Oladipo is in his genuine heart, like never wavered from the Pacers, then I, I am being blasphemous. I hope that's how Oladipo feels. Like, hopefully he's like never wavered on not wanting to be a pacer. Because I don't know. I don't know shit, right? Like, 
you're just trying to piece it together from a distance. Um, but I hope Oladipo does want to be a Pacer for life. And because we got a sweet ass team, man, we got a really good team. Uh, so yeah, that's basically how COVID's been. Uh, let's see what what else do I want to talk about tonight. So I, I, I want to talk about the the first game, which was amazing. Um, let's see here. I guess, I mean, so basically at the bubble, it's a little, it's weird. It's a, it's weird because um, like the players are going to be there for maybe like three months and not be like not able to leave. It's, it's, I guess they're, I mean, I think they're really treating it like a bubble in the sense that there's like testing all the time, very strict precautions on masks and stuff. And to their credit, it's like they've had the last two things I've seen, it's been zero positive tests. Now there have been NBA players who have tested positive, but I don't think they have at um, at Orlando. Um, so yeah, there's it, it's this is so weird. It, this is this is just goes back to like you know kind of what I was saying earlier, just about uh, how weird it is right now, August second, twenty twenty. Uh, and how things that were so normal are just no longer there. Like, the idea of not having baseball games in the summertime, like at Wrigley Field. Like, imagine imagine being the Wrigley bar, you know, or whatever, like right there by the gate. Like, that's how you make your money. It's like when the Cubs are playing, when they're in town, it's like, it's an event. And that's the thing that's so, like, it's so frustrating that these things that we used to be able to go to aren't available now. And on one hand, I understand that it's like, yeah, dude, there's, but there's this virus and you can't, you can't like gather in large groups. And it's like, man, but that just sucks, you know? It sucks because that, that stuff was fun. Like I love going to like I love going to see the Pacers and or going to a concert or whatever. Whatever it is. It's going to a restaurant. Um where was I going with that? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, let's let's see. Let's pivot here. Let's do a hard jump stop. All fake. Pivot left. Um So after the shutdown happened, right? Oh, I already kind of went into the Oladipo won't play, will play thing. Um, my bet, my 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 main question. I think I've already said it five times on this podcast is, if he wants to be the best player on a championship team, there's no better place. You've already got it. This is your place. Um, we're ready. Uh, other news since we've last spoke. Our bigs turned 24. So remembering back to the Pacers pre-COVID, we had a guy named Domas Sabonis, who became an all-star. Miles um, Turner, who was playing awesome. Uh, both of those guys are young bigs. They just turned 24. So now we got a couple, but we've got them both locked up for three more years. Um, and these two guys, they're so like, 
they're just such valuable assets. I mean, old or not old, oh, Sabonis and Turner. I mean, both of them are just, they're incredible. Um, other news from the shutdown to restart. Uh, so there was the social justice uh, aspect of the past couple months as a society that we've um, interacted with. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, starting point guard for the Pacers, when healthy, hap, asterisk. Um, you know, he becomes one of the leading voices on the NBA, like from the start, uh, him and Jalen Brown from the Celtics, just like, and I guess it turns out that Malcolm Brogdon has, um, kind of activism in his, in his heritage. There's like his grandpa, maybe, or maybe an uncle who was, um, really involved in the civil rights movement. I'm not going to talk about it anymore, uh, probably cause that's all I really know. Uh, but I just thought it was cool as a Pacers fan to see one of the uh, leading voices um, on the social justice movement coming from our team in our point guard, in our point guard, Malcolm Brogdon. Um, we just need him to play. <laughs> um, and then the other thing, so there was, uh, so the, the games are back on and uh, a lot of the teams, I think the Pacers did this. Actually, I know, I watched it. Um, they, they're kneeling right now during the national anthem. Um, which in a sense I understand could be, is, could be a controversial topic. Um, but I, I like the fact that the teams are, are doing that in solidarity and stuff. And then I, but I also, this is the thing I love more than, or more than that is that the fact that, uh, so Myers Leonard is, uh, he's on the Miami heat. He actually is a guy, he's probably the closest, um, to an NBA player that, I've ever been. He grew up in a little town called like Robinson, Illinois. And my family's all from a, like little towns around that area. And like, if my parents wouldn't have moved, like I would have been in the same county or close to the area. It's just a really rural area. That's where Myers Leonard is from. Not that that necessarily matters in this, but I guess it's just kind of like I kind of get his background a little bit. It's more because it's in the area that I've kind of grown up in or kind of the culture. Um, so anyways, Myers Leonard stands for the national anthem. And, but this is what I love about the NBA is like everybody um, respected his um, decision to stand because, and his reasons were because he has a brother who's been in the wars and stuff. And like, he's a, he just thinks, I, I don't know what he thinks, but like, he's just deciding that he's like, no, I, I'm going to stand for this because, you know, for whatever his reasons were. But the best thing is that it was just like, all right, that's cool too. And like, that's how it should be. Cause I like the fact that they're like, okay, some play, like you can put um, like a slogan or, you know, or like one of the, uh, the messages, you, like you could put Black Lives Matter on the back of your jersey if you want to. I think that's cool. But I, I'd also like the fact that you don't have to put a message on if you don't want to. Like, I, I don't know. I just I just really appreciate that about the NBA right now that um, that it, there weren't a bunch of like, oh, Myers Leonard is anti Black Lives Matter because he chose to stand for the national anthem. So. Anyways, just wanted to say that. Um, another thing that's, you know, well, big news, I guess, right now from, between the fact that once COVID hit, and now here we are, we've been in the bubble. Um, 
our all-star big man, Domas Sabonis, has plantar fasciitis, which has, um, now he's left the bubble. He's left the team to just kind of do treatments and stuff. And as of right now, I'm not aware of any, any expectations on when he might be back. Um, that sucks bad. I didn't remember plantar fasciitis was like one of the injuries that kept coming up whenever I was in running distance running. And we had like our top stud runner was a freshman, uh, the year before I got there and like a parent, I mean, he ran his ass off and then plantar fasciitis. And then the four years that I was there, like he always was respected as super talented, but the fucking injury just kept him out, you know, kept him out. He couldn't get over it. Um, so hopefully that's not, the, hopefully that's not the case for Sabonis. Like, I don't know. I think there's probably certain levels of, of, I'm sure there's different levels of intensity on the injury. So I don't know. All the only, I'm just saying that story because that's the only instance I, re, you know, I remember like in the running community, plantar fasciitis is kind of a pretty common thing and it's usually pretty bad. It's like, uh, usually you're not really the same afterwards. So I think that's something that we should be uh, concerned about as Pacers fans without, I don't know, hopefully it was like caught early and, you know, he can just whatever, get over it. Um, another injury that we're dealing with uh, is Gogo Bataze, you know, he, and that's the thing going into the, going into the season, it was like, oh, why'd we, why'd we draft Gogo? You know, we've already got Sabonis. Uh, then we got another big guy. Well, it's like, shit, now Sabonis is out. Goga's out, and we got Jakar Sampson and TJ Leaf trying to back up Miles Turner. Like, without these two guys, Sabonis and Gogo, uh, we have a big problem um, as far as size. But putting all that putting all of that aside, we've ha- we've had a game. We we had a game last night, Saturday night. The team that's tied in the standings with the Pacers, the Philadelphia 76ers featuring Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Josh Richardson, um, promising rookie, uh, Matisse Thibel. Um, Other than that, honestly, I don't like anything else on their team, but I guess now they've had, they have Alec Burks. Uh, but anyways, the, the 76ers, Going up against our Pacers uh, without Sabonis, without Brogdon, without Goga. And it was it was just the the best game that I could have ever imagined coming back into the uh, I don't know about the best game I could have ever imagined. Like I guess if I think about it, I could have imagined a game where Vic scores 53. But instead we got TJ Warren, which on one hand is Amazing because like, geez, man, TJ Warren can get 53. If he can get 50, he can get 53 points. Um, so the, so the Pacers, you know, they play Philly. We get the W first game, first real game in the bubble. First of eight. So there's eight regular season games, you know, or they're calling them, calling them seeding games. So Normally, there's 82 games in an NBA regular season. This season, there's obviously there's not going to be as much. Um, well, I guess uh, there's probably going to be like 65 to 70 games rather than 82. 
Uh, but so those they're going to be eight games here in the bubble, and then it's going to be the playoffs. And the Pacers getting that W against Philly in the first the first the first game, it clinches it. It makes it so that the Pacers, even if they have the same um, win loss record as Philly, they're going to they're going to get the higher seeding in the playoffs because of the tiebreaker, because now they've, they've beat Philly three times out of four. Um, it was just, that was that game. Okay. So that game was, that game was just, it felt like the, it felt like Philly could have crushed the Pacers anytime they wanted. Like anytime that Embiid got the ball, it was like bucket and one or, Tough shot, oh, missed, oh, offensive rebound, and won. Like, Embiid, I feel like, could have scored every single possession. But for whatever reason, Philly just, you know, they just didn't have it. They didn't, they weren't able to um, create any, a, a distance from, from, the, for the, from the Pacers that, that the Pacers weren't able to, to come back from. And I think that speaks to the fact that Philly... As talented as they are, they they're not like I don't know. They they don't seem to be like winners, I guess is the way I put it. Um but who knows? They definitely have a shit ton of talent. Uh so it was just it was an incredible game. Pacers win 127 to 121. Like I mentioned before, no Brogdon, no Sabonis, no Goga. I think I mentioned Brogdon. Brogdon out with the, uh, he's got a neck injury now. Uh, so we got Vic, Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, Miles Turner, and TJ Warren as our starters going up against Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, um, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, and then guy who ended up having a shitty game, Shake Milton. Um, Turner, I think that's where you like. Okay, if you if you watch the game, uh, you definitely notice this. If you didn't watch the game, Turner had one of those games like he's had many times in his career in the past when he's going up against a Joel Embiid type center or an Andre Drummond type center, one of those big bruising dominant centers. Uh, he he's it's tough. He can't even, he can't stay on the, he did, he's not able to stay on the court uh, because of fouls. And this was the case in, in the game last night against Philly is, and this is why I do not want to see Philly in the playoffs. I, even though the Pacers just beat Philly without Sabonis and without Brogdon, I just don't trust, I bet that, that Embiid matchup is just so bad that, and the talent that Philly has, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather see Miami. Um, I guess maybe just Miami would be the only team. I probably would rather, I, I, I guess it's kind of even for me as far as if I'd rather see the Pacers play Philly or Boston. I, I guess I don't want to see us play, obviously, Toronto or Milwaukee in the first round, which we sh there's no way we will. Um, so, you know, boom, tip off. Philly comes out, I think they get up to like a nine to two jump on the Pacers and it's all just easy buckets down low. Simmons probably got a bucket, Embiid probably got two and Harris probably got one and, and the Pacers were just out of sync. 
you know, and then you're looking out there and you're seeing these guys like Embiid and Simmons get buckets, knowing that they're probably the two best players on the court. Um, but the Pacers came back, man. And the Pacers came back because TJ Warren just started, started getting buckets. He gets 19 points in the first quarter and the Pacers jump out to like, I think we were up by like eight or nine points at the end of the first quarter. And it was just an awesome act of uh, like just making buckets. I mean, TJ Warren, I mean, 19 points in the first, in the first quarter. And he played the whole first quarter uh, and it was incredible, but I, I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I, I before I get off, I, I, I was, I think I was talking about Miles Turner earlier and I, I, I want Miles Turner to be the center on the Pacers team. Like I want the Turner Sabonis pairing to work because I think both of them have um, high ceilings. And if it works together, that I think that um, it could be an X factor in the Pacers winning the championship. However, Turner has done some things. It's like, I want to, I, I do, I root for the guy. I root for the guy, but he's done some things that you just, it makes you question. And it's, I don't know. I mean, what do I know, right? I'm just a, it's like, I feel a little irresponsible even talking about like maybe what's going on in a player's head or something, but like, he's shown signs of just being vulnerable. Like kind of, he can be taken advantage of out on the court. And this game against Philly was a perfect example. He fouls out, I mean, he fouled out in 20 minutes. And every time he came in the game, it was like, he was already in foul trouble from the last time he was in the game. And he just like picked up a foul like super quick. I mean, he he shown he showed it. He did have a couple plays though where you're like, oh man, like that is great. Like he he drained a corner three. Um, he ended up with nine points and two blocks, and you know only twenty minutes. Like he had some he had some things, but overall it was just it was disappointing. And I think I think it makes a big difference. I think he probably plays a lot better if we have Sabonis in that lineup as well, because Embiid just puts so much pressure on you physically in the post. It's like, that's where, that's Turner's, like, that's not his bread and butter. And I can accept that as a Pacers fan. If we have Sabonis, who's down there, that's willing to throw some weight around or Goga, eventually fingers crossed. I hope Goga becomes a guy that we can throw in against Embiid. Um, and I believe in Goga. I do. Which is so, it, that's, it's also so disappointing that we haven't been able to see him play. Um, but yeah, Turner, Turner just had a rough game. Um, and he had a moment that was the first I've ever really visibly seen where it might have been the. F so I think in the first quarter, Turner picked up two quick fouls, like probably within the first four or five minutes of the first quarter, goes to the bench. Then he comes in in the second quarter. Um, obviously with the two fouls and he picks up a cheap foul um, at pretty early into the time that he got checked in and it was kind of a down it was one of the down points in the game for the Pacers and Aaron Holiday who was out there he kind of 
hey, kind of like from my perspective on the couch watching it, he kind of clapped at Turner kind of like, hey, man, like, like, come on, like, let's go. Um, which who knows who's right in that situation? I don't know. Um, and but Turner got pissed. Dude, he got super pissed and he kind of like got up in Holiday's face as in like, bitch, <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, like you think you're better than me or like you think, I don't know, I'm, I'm inserting my own dialogue into it. But it was when you're watching it on the TV, you're like, oh, damn, this isn't, this is not Pacers. This isn't Pacers team basketball here. This isn't. And I remember I, I tried to find it when I was prepping for this podcast. I was trying to find it. What Turner said something about along the lines of like, you know, Holiday kind of needs to learn when to take his take his spot, like pick his spots a little bit better, like insinuating that maybe he was shooting a little bit too much or whatever. And going back to this this instance in the second quarter, I believe when Holiday clapped at Turner and then Turner got in Holiday's face and Holiday wasn't necessarily like backing down. And it was weird to just see like guys in the same uniform, you know, in such confrontation on the court. And I don't know, I think you could probably see, take that positively and negatively, really. I mean, and on one hand, it's like, they're, they're obviously, they, they're engaged, they care. Um, and it was interesting too, because when I was looking up uh, some stuff after the game, I came across an article about Shake Milton, who was the point guard for the 76ers starting tonight or last night, and Joel Embiid getting into it. I didn't even necessarily notice that when I was watching the game, but I noticed our guys getting into it, Holiday and Turner. And I was like looking at my wife and I was like, you know, I think we were both kind of like, oh my gosh, like what's going on here? And then I think later on they cut maybe coming back from a commercial or something and you see TJ McConnell getting up in Aaron's face in a sense of like, Hey man, we don't do that, you know? And I think that was a, a good thing because later on I saw Turner and Hall Aaron holiday, like hitting fists. So it's like, maybe they're not best buds, but they, whatever that was that surfaced up in the, on the court, they were able to kind of like they're able to move move past um and and i think a lot of it honestly was probably just the fact that aaron holiday you know he's probably super jacked up i mean he's getting a start because of brogdon's injury um and he's playing well too aaron had a great game he had he had 15 points 10 assists and five rebounds he was definitely a positive player. Aaron Holiday, I thought that was one of his best games, especially because it was against Philly. And he kept, he, I mean, he, there were a couple of times it was just, it was just like kind of ISO Aaron Holiday taking either that Neto guy off the bounce or Shake Milton. Aaron can get buckets. Um, he, he was having a great game. And then contrasting that with Miles Turner, who was just so, was so frustrated. He was, Obviously, he was so frustrated with getting two fouls in the first quarter and, and going to the bench, knowing that's like, oh, now we got to rely on Jakar Sampson and TJ Leaf against Joel Embiid, you know? And this is going back to Philly. It's like they fucked up because I don't know how they didn't, didn't put this game away. Um, I mean, cr credit to Jakar because Jakar did play really well. Um, but so Turner, you know, he's obviously super frustrated 
uh, go, coming back into the second quarter and then foul, and then getting getting pulled to go to the bench right away uh, because he he had some he had a couple of really good games in the scrimmages and I think um, he he you if you're Miles Turner right now with especially with Sabonis out you've got to be thinking um, I'm I'm about to make my mark right now you know this is I'm I'm at the perfect time I just turned 24. I wasn't an all-star. I've, I've always thought I was going to be an all-star. Sabonis actually comes in off the bench. Now he's starting. Now he's an all-star. Now he's not here. Um, and I've been playing well. Like, Turner was playing really well before the shutdown. And he was playing really well in the scrimmages. And now here he is against Embiid. And boom, foul number one. Boom, foul number two. Bench. Come back in the second quarter. Boom. Foul number three. Little Aaron Holiday. Of course, like, he was pissed. He was pissed. And I guess in some ways, I'm like, I get it. <laughs> like, you know, I get it. For, and Miles is just so frustrated. Like, yeah. Uh, but it, it was weird to see that usually the chemistry is just so good on the Pacers. And I guess that was the thing that was just so, like, kind of like, oh, shit, what's going on? Uh, but then TJ McConnell comes in, not saying that he fixed it all, but, you know, he definitely grabbed Aaron Holiday and, uh, now they're back. So anyways, Turner, tough game. Um, TJ McConnell's just speaking of not just what he did off the court, but on the court, he was incredible. I, he played 17 minutes, had 10 points, eight assists. He had, he had two or three of those just just fucking TJ McConnell steals those ones in the backcourt where the the point guard on the other team just kind of haphazardly accepts the inbound pass, puts maybe a lazy dribble down, and boom, McConnell's got it, boom, got it, looking to pass it out or get an easy layup. He had two or three of those last night against Philly, um, which were just huge. They're just, those plays are so good. And it makes me wonder, like, why more, why aren't there more players in the league that, that, do that shit. Like, um, I, that's one thing I hope Aaron Holiday develops is I want to see Aaron Holiday get in there and start like causing the havoc the way that TJ McConnell does. Cause they're similar in body types. I think Aaron Holiday's a little bit more explosive, especially as far as like finishing at the hoop. But I think defensively McConnell and Holiday are pretty similar. And I, I, I kind of feel like I'm seeing a little bit of that TJ McConnell rub off on Aaron. Aaron's just, he's, he's starting to be, he's starting to be more vocal. Um, obviously not just getting in Turner's face, but just, I don't know. I just, I just feel like he's carrying himself with a little different type of swagger right now. Um, and it's definitely welcomed. It's definitely welcomed. Uh, I think, I think Aaron's showing himself as, as being pretty damn uh, good of a player. I mean, 15 points, 10 assists, and five rebounds as as a starter. You know, I mean, that's pretty good against Philly. I mean, that's 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 a good play. That's a good showing. He's undersized too. Um, but when you're talking, <laughs> when you're talking about this game against Philly, I mean, you got to talk about T.J. Warren, right? So T.J. Warren goes off for 53 points. Uh, this was a guy who this is his first year with the Pacers. He spent like the first four or five years of his career with the Phoenix Suns. And then the Pacers get him last year just for like cash. Like we didn't have to really give up anything. Just 
give Phoenix some cash, and we take on TJ Warren. Um, and damn, dude, TJ Warren was on fire last night against Philly. 53 points, 19 in the first quarter. Um, I saw this stat, which was insane. Um, there's Since 2010, there's only been three players to score 50 points or more without taking five free throw attempts. That just goes, that's just a testament to TJ Warren's offensive game because he goes 20 of 29 from the field, meaning he's taken 29 shots and he hits 20 of them. He hits nine three-pointers. Um, but yeah, back to the stat, like 50 points in a game without taking more than five free throw attempts. It's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and now TJ Warren. I mean, that just goes to show the, the uh, I guess, one opportunity, but also two, uh, the ability to, to score that many points without getting a lot of them from the free throw line. Um, I guess, you know, we just have to, as Pacer fans, thank you to the Phoenix Suns for, and thank you to uh, Kevin Pritchard, our GM. You know, I think, like, that's an incredible, incredible deal for the Pacers to just to get TJ Warren. And he was insane. He was good. He brought it on, he brings it on both ends. He had, he had a hand, I can think of a handful of deflections and steals that he had on the defensive end. And then just getting every single bucket. I mean, every single shot. Think about that. The guy takes 29 shots and he makes 20 of them. And he's shooting them from all over the place, all different types of shots. Um, I love the fact that he just stayed aggressive all game long. He's so steady. He's so stoic. When you're watching TJ Warren, and he's going for 19 points in the first quarter. He had the same facial re reaction as if he had four points. I mean, like after a made shot, like he didn't even almost it, on his face, at least it didn't even seem like he was accepting the fact that he was just going off. Like he's, but then he, when he was in the game, he was just staying aggressive. Um, it wasn't until the very end of the game. So the Pacers were up three. I think we had the ball with like 19 seconds or something. I don't know why I came up with 19 seconds, but Warren gets the ball. He's, he's deep, got deep three, sinks it. Pacers go up by six. He gets 50. That's his 53rd point. Philly calls a timeout, and there's like the game's basically over. And then you finally see this big smile on TJ Warren's face, and you're like, damn, dude. Kudos, man. 53. Um, that's insane. And on 29 shots, 53 points without getting to the line. Uh, it makes me just wonder, like, TJ Warren's, he's only 26. And the distance that we had between the end of, uh, or like when the season got shut down and then where we are now was like four months. And then under a normal year, you'd basically be going from like, you know, season 19 or season 2020 to season 2021. Like uh, players develop in, in that amount of time. You can develop a lot of skills. You can really elevate your game in four months when the season's not going on. And I mean, I think we have to assume that TJ Warren has elevated his game. I mean, the fact that Oladipo played 32 minutes, I think Warren played like 40, but Oladipo kind of played second fiddle off of, off of Warren. I mean, we kind of featured TJ. He was just getting buckets all night long. And 
I mean, you got to think of him as a player like, could TJ Warren be an all-star? <laughs> like, I don't know. And, I, and, and, and back to what I was saying earlier about Oladipo, with, if, if Warren is something and Oladipo is, I don't know, like if it's, if it's one of those things where it's like drama because Oladipo is causing it, it's like, well, I mean, we got Warren, you know, who, who could be pretty special. And it's like, come on, Vic, stay with, stay with the Pacers, sign a deal that lets us keep TJ Warren, and let's run with Turner, Sabonis, Vic, TJ Warren, and Malcolm Brogdon. And then off the bench, you got Aaron Holiday and Goga, um, Jeremy Lamb, Edmund Sumner, Carr Sampson, Doug McBuckets, Justin Holiday. This team is so deep. Who knows what the team looks like, you know, as a couple years down the road. But like, we've got pieces. We have, we definitely have pieces. Um, and I guess just talking about Vic a little bit during the game, like, in my opinion, he looked okay. He looked okay. He had he had a couple signs of like, oh damn, uh, as far as like maybe getting to the hole a little bit and drawing a foul, or he had a couple, um, at least one. I can I definitely remember like a deep three, a deep three pointer. Shot clock was down to like five or four. He was probably five six feet behind the three point line and just drilled it. And I remember that was one of the things that he was talking about before coming back was he's like I'm I'm shooting from deep. <laughs> And you're just kind of like, all right, I guess fire away, man. Um, so he ended up two of six from three in this game against Philly. Uh, but I guess, you know, he played 32 minutes. I, it's it's like, how, how does he feel after this? Because this was a real game. Uh, this was a tight battle. Uh, this was a playoff team, uh, potentially a playoff matchup. Um how does his knee feel after this? Because this is kind of probably setting the tone for is Oladipo, uh, the recovery from the injury, is it still looking positive or are we about to go into a little bit of a setback here? Um, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, let's see. I guess just... I liked, I liked, I really liked TJ McConnell's game. I really liked Aaron Holiday's game. Um, I liked what Jakar Sampson brought us off the bench. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that really impressed me besides TJ Warren. It, that's essentially what we brought. Vic was okay. Um, so we'll see. That was game one. We got a win against Philly. That's incredible. Um, and looking ahead to this next week, we got four games. Uh, we've got three that I think are definitely very winnable. Uh, starting tomorrow night, Monday, we've got the Wizards. They're probably the, they are the worst team in the bubble. Uh, then we've got a game Tuesday night against the Magic, who are dangerous. They're definitely... They're definitely capable of beating the Pacers, especially if we're still depleted, I would think. Um, but who knows? I'm starting, to, I'm starting to think this Pacer team might be legit, man. I mean, the guys that are stepping in, I'm just so impressed with Aaron Holiday. I, I don't know. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I still think that Philly should have won. They definitely should have beat the Pacers. 
Um, especially when you look at Embiid and Simmons and even Tobias Harris in, in a way, like, I mean, they could just get, they could score whenever they wanted, but somehow Philly managed to not beat the Pacers. Um, and to the Pacers credit because they played well. So, but looking ahead to next week, um, you know, we're, we're entering the week 40 and 26. We're two games behind Miami for fourth in the East. We're one game ahead of Philly now. And looking ahead to this week, four games, Washington Wizards win. Orlando Magic win. Phoenix Suns win. And then Saturday night, Los Angeles Lakers. Let's see. Are we legit? I mean, how good are we? That that's it could be a it could be a I mean, imagine if the Pacers start the bubble off five and zero with wins against the 76ers and the Lakers. I mean, that could be pretty cool. And who knows? Maybe by then we got Domas back and Goga's back. Um, I've said this before. I have money. I know I have money on the Pacers winning the East. Um, and I also have money on the Pacers winning the finals. But <laughs> I won't, I'm not saying that that's, I don't, th- I'm not saying that I think that's necessarily going to happen, but I just want to believe that it, that it could, you know, it's like, why not? You know, you might as well enter every, like what, whoever we place, whoever we face in the playoffs, honestly, even if we don't get Brogdon back, which I fully expect that we get Brogdon back. If we don't get some bonus back, I mean, with with the, with TJ Warren getting fifty three, and we've got if Vic's playing, and the emergence of Aaron Holiday, if we even if we just get Goga back, you know, to have a little bit more depth at center, and maybe Goga starts to show us a little something, which I would, I'm I'm honestly I'm expecting that, and that might that might be. I mean, if Aaron Holland, if we end this, you know, this restart and we, we look ahead to next season and we're like, oh, man, you know, Aaron Holiday is going to be incredible. I, that's that's going to be great for me. But I also I think if Goga shows us something that would just be so, so exciting. I, I think Goga has a, a high ceiling. I don't know how high his ceiling could be, but I I think that. I think that he could do it. And if he starts to show us something, ooh, ooh, that's what I want. I'm going to get a Goga jersey immediately after that. Um, but anyways, I, I'm just, uh, it's it's so great to have the Pacers back, you know? And I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Things are crazy out there, but uh, we're all in this together. And... We just got to smile. And it's like, asteroids haven't hit yet. We're still living life. We're still making money. We're still playing ball. Uh, we still get to watch the Pacers. Um, see Goga be an all-star. Maybe there will be one day when we have Goga, Domas. I, you know what? If it were those two, that we're both all-stars on the same year. That'd be pretty incredible. All right, I'm going nowhere with this. Um, It's good to be back. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. We're back to having Pacer games. We get to watch a doubleheader starting tomorrow against uh, two teams that we should beat. So 
Let's do it. Thanks for checking out the pod. Stay safe. Stay clean. Peace.